Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 71, recorded on Monday, January 2nd, 2017, our first show of the new year. Yay! And we're back with the original Soft Podcast Boys. It's me, Evan Minto. Oh, oh man, who's the one, who's the one at fault for saying Soft Podcast Boys? Uh, I think that was Inaki. Oh, it would be him. I'd rather be the Spicy Podcast Boys, but I don't think that's either of our brand. Yeah, we're not really very spicy. We're we're pretty soft, soft and, and mild, and mild. The soft and mild podcast boys. Yeah, you know we're we're uh, we're like the kids' curry flavor of podcasting. And this guy with me is David Estrella, also known as QX Twenty XX. So uh, we're just doing a kind of normal, just hangout episode, just chilling. You know, uh, not a lot, not a lot of big topics. Yeah, you know, past we don't two really want to hit the year off with a running start just yet. <laughs> We, we are going to be doing an episode soon-ish with some special guests that's going to be all about our favorite stuff from 2016. And uh, we're also working on our, our staff picks on Gamers, which is our sort of best of the year uh, write-ups. So stay tuned in you know week or two for some of that stuff. But anyway, uh, the winter season, the winter anime season is getting started kind of a little bit. Uh, kind of it's always weird it's, at the, it's always weird at the start of the year because right. there's all these special broadcasts like on the 31st and i guess that's technically still part of winter yeah so i mean the first one at least that the first big one that everybody is talking about or that some people are talking about is fate grand order which <laughs> i think you talked about on the last episode because you've been sucked into it yeah well this is this is well, more the game, of a the game like version. a tie-in it's to 100 right. to sell you the game and mm. ever since that Grand Order anime came out, uh, I've actually gotten friend requests on my uh, Fate Go <laughs> account from players that are just starting out because it's actually a really good time to get in because they're actually doing all of the uh, special events, giving away free uh, Star Jewel Prism things or whatever it is. Uh, all the stuff that you'd normally pay money for, they're just handing it out as like a celebration that you know, it's the end of the year. Might as well get everybody excited and hooked in for uh, this awful time sink of a game. <laughs> However, I can't really complain too much because I got the event summon, the super, super rare event summon, like first roll in. And that basically has, I'm basically done for the event. So, okay. I don't know what that means, but that was also the experience of watching the fake Ooh. Grand Order anime. Yeah, you got where hit they throw over the around. Head. All these proper right nouns. Away. I have no idea what anybody's talking about. We, this isn't your first uh, dip into anything that's like fate related, right? Yeah, this is not my first fate slash rodeo, which would probably would, be cool. Actually, that would a fate be a rodeo game. Six spinoff. <laughs> it's all just like Wild West heroes. Oh, but you know, I don't think NASA's actually put out like an American themed fate yet, or at least like a big, like legitimate fate thing set in America. That might be cool. Aren't they all set in Japan? No. That's the thing about Grand Order, because they take them oh. out into... Uh, the mobile game, at least, has taken uh, Fate into France. Uh, okay, so it's, it's Assassin's Creed, basically. <laughs> uh, at this point, yeah, no, it's like... The mobile game has really permitted Nasu and Type Moon to kind of just do this, like, sort of... Uh, D and D campaign kind of thing that they've got right, going right. on with uh with fate because I mean that since the beginning that's kind of what it's felt like, um but now they can really do it on a global massive level without too much commitment because it's it's a mobile game it's still like a visual novel but it's like it's a big sense of scope and like a small little thing that's kind of like a throwaway until you dip like a thousand two thousand dollars into it just to get for those rare summons. Right, so it in, it ends up being making them more money than a visual novel would. Oh yeah, no, oh, Type Moon is so done with visual novels. Like they had they had one that kind of like didn't really set the world on fire, but this mobile game thing is after after they put out the Grand Order anime, like they announced five new Fate series, which mobile is games insane. Well, I mean, some of them were like, were already announced, but they get like extra. Uh, like uh, like new previews but then there were like a few which were like completely out of left field like i didn't expect any of that stuff to actually be made into anime oh wait they're new anime versions 
Yeah, yeah, no, like, it's like the stuff that's not even that. visual novels, the stuff that's like side stories, and like, I don't know where you get it, because Nasu just won't publish like a real book or anything, he'll just do all of this like mixed media stuff, and I can't really keep up with any of it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But going back to the Grand Order anime, or at least what you've seen of it, because you didn't finish it, and I'm really disappointed, because... I was watching it, and then like, uh, I was spending too much time tweeting... And you had some then, great tweets. Already. And then we had to then we had to start the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Listen, if I if I did not like it, what the first half of it that I watched, because it's like a special. I thought it was gonna be one episode. So I sat down, I was like, oh, I'll spend 20 minutes watching this thing. Yeah, and no, it's, it's like, like an a, hour long. Like it's like, no, it's like a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a TV special. So I was sort of tidying myself over while I waited for it to end by making snarky tweets about it. I did like the Speedwagon one. That one was good. He totally, that guy looks like Speedwagon. Yeah, no, I didn't even clue in on that the first time the I watched f- it. It should have been so it, obvious. The very first shot I saw him, I was like, holy crap, is he a yeah, servant? No, it's Speedwagon. Speedwagon. It's Speedwagon. Is Speedwagon a famous hero? Like, like. Yeah, if, and, if, and he's voiced by Joseph Joestar. Wait, is he? Yeah. The actor? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Speedwagon finally learned to use Hamon. He was so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> But no, like but you did, you did actually. I, I'd, I'd, like- I'd like to imagine that, like in this universe, that they're like this guy's. A, I, I didn't watch to the end, so I don't know what what the deal is with him. But like, I'd like to imagine that he's a servant, and like he he's this is like a universe where. Well, no, I guess it's, it would be like the real world because the servants are sometimes fictional heroes, right? So yeah. like, if it's far enough in the future, Speedwagon has become like a mythical yes. hero. <laughs> <laughs> Like now, there's a servant version of a manga character. Yeah, no, just imagine, imagine fate like being, being I don't know, rebooted in like a hundred years, and it's like at least one of those characters is gonna be an Iraqi character. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like this legendary hero from an ancient text called Jojo no Kimio you know, Naboken. You know what? What's like a fun brain exercise for me is to like think of like, well, what's the stupidest servant that I can come up with, and like. Maybe like Batman can be a servant. <laughs> Batman, maybe. <laughs> oh my or, god! Or maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe we make like David Bowie. We can make David Bowie a David servant. David Bowie would absolutely be a servant. Yeah, oh, that'd be cool. is is Shakespeare a servant? I imagine he yes. Would be. He's a he's a servant. Of course, in he is. order. Of course, is he, he is. a is he a caster? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. What would caster's Bowie like be? the catch all for anybody that's like I don't writer know. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. What would Bowie be? Bowie would be like berserker. Well, you know, they introduced extra classes into fate now. So they're not like the like typical like saber, archer, lancer, mm. caster, uh, berserk or whatever. Uh, they have rulers and avengers now. Oh, they're kinda... totally like Iron Man would be an avenger, right? Well, That's avengers are the evil ones. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So they'd have to be a ruler, but then it doesn't make sense with this brand. Right, right. It's he has a very strict, like, yeah, he he must always be pictured with the word Avenger next to him. So, I mean, yeah, so I, I only watched, like, the bad part of the Fate Grand Order anime, which uh, I'd imagine is the whole thing. But, I mean, I it looked like it was about to kick into gear and people were going to start fighting. Like, I got to the point where what's probably Medusa shows up. Oh, yeah, no. like a lady who point, turns people to stone. Yeah, no, you missed, like, right right then and there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can still talk about it because you don't really care too much. I do not care. Yeah. Okay. So what I really enjoyed about Grand Order is that there are these callbacks to Fate's Day Night. And yeah, I one... I sort of caught that. Is it is yeah. uh, what's his name Shinji or whatever there? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah did you see the <laughs> part with Shinji? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and and okay. So so I I did kind of appreciate that because I've seen the Studio Dean Fate's Day Night which is unfortunate yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but definitely wasn't uh wasn't rider yeah rider was like shinji's servant yeah. and medusa kind of looks like rider or I don't, maybe she is yeah i don't know wait yeah no rider, that's that was that, rider uh, medusa i don't remember that event or that rather that holy grail war thing that's going on in there that's the actual holy grail war from the fate stay night series oh it that's is. like okay, an alternate that's like an alternate way it could have ended is what it so, is in Grand Order. Okay, uh, I I don't care. I'm gonna probably I may go watch a little bit more of it, but I mean, I don't remember. Was uh was Ryder in the original Fate Stay Night? Is she Medusa? And I'm yeah. Just, okay, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that one is also the same. It's it's a redesign of the same character. It's it's Death Side. Well, Hell that's Custom. that's uh, the Type Moon Alter 
uh, okay. thing yeah. when they like when they want to make the evil version of them, they call them alter. So that's like uh, wasn't she already evil? Well, yeah, but this is like super like contaminated by the Holy Grail evil. So it's like Ryder <laughs> Medusa alter. Okay, but yeah, I love the I love yeah. the bit with Shinji. But after <laughs> like after that, they bring uh, Lancer in, mm-hmm. and Lancer is typically the character that dies in every fate. In every fate series, he always dies. He like, dies it's kind of like an ongoing joke. Like it's like punk. it's actually like just a, a yeah. real. This is a real ongoing joke with Type Moon. But in this, in the Grand Order TV special, Lancer fucking owns everyone, and he's a caster. He's the weakest class <laughs> Wait, he's in caster? the entire series. Wait, what? He's what, a caster, what, 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 what. but isn't? But he's called Lancer. Well, he's we recognize him as Lancer until he appears and he's a caster. So the same and then it hero keeps, it keeps with on the same going design like, shows up as a caster. He shows up as a caster. Okay. And he just this wrecks. This is why I've always been very confused by the fact that characters are referred to by their class, right? Well, because they have the because real names, like, but the real names are right. kind of supposed to be secret in the, the original Fate Stay Night. But then afterwards, they kind of said, ah, screw it. You know, we'll just say right. the real names right away. Well, yeah, because I mean, like, even in the first Fate Stay Night anime, I remember, like, it, it got to a point where there's two archers, right? There's like. That there's... was explained in Fate Zero, why there are two. It's a right. long story. I yeah. wouldn't get into it. <laughs> I mean, it's a good story, but I wouldn't get into it. Um, but, but it's yeah, confusing because no, you end up calling one of them Archer and the other one Gilgamesh. And it's like, well, they're actually both they're Archer. They're both Archer. Yeah. yeah. But that, that, that's a class designation. Basically, you missed out when it actually got fun. Yeah. I I have like a little bit of a little bit of like sympathy. I kind of like fate, but that's only sometimes. That's how yeah. I feel all the time, basically. And I like I'm actually into it like for a lot of stuff, but I can't really say that it's all good. Yeah, I mean, the that first series I watched, the Studio Dean one, I was like, OK, like this is an interesting world. Interesting, the show's kind of lame, kind of kind of regrettable in terms of the writing and the execution. Yeah, and I mean, I like Fate Zero quite a bit. Yeah, Fate Zero is pretty cool. But even then, like, Fate Zero is a little bit kind of just, you know, takes too long to get to the point. And that yeah, kind of thing. It's very edgy and dark, sometimes yeah. a little and too much. And then I never finished the uh, Unlimited Blade Works TV series yeah. because I can't stand those fucking high schoolers. Yeah, <laughs> like, Shiro, I don't want to see them. Shiro is kind of intolerable uh yeah and un- honestly if you ask me unlimited blade works is probably the weakest story in fate's day night but eh, what are you gonna do that's type moon for you just a lot of ideas and some very erratic execution yeah and this isn't you uh ufo table this is a i know i've never heard of and that's why it doesn't look nearly as pretty yeah let me actually look that up i was just looking it up before yeah, no, they did uh, like a handful of like weird like shows. Yeah, it's from a studio named Ladus. Ladus. Holy crap! Wait a second, Ladus. Ladus. <laughs> it's what you do it on, on the toilet. Ladus. <laughs> oh man, they're actually just a poop studio. That's their brand. Uh, Very nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, they did like a bunch. Uh, who cares? I mean, I guess they did uh, Magi and Classroom Crisis. Anyway, it looks lame. It does not look like yeah, a no. It's, table it's, show. The visuals are completely unremarkable. And uh, after that, after that aired, they had the um, they ran some trailers for the uh, for the Shaft Fate anime. Oh, I didn't and, know. That. Oh man. I don't normally get excited for TV series, but this one looks really cool. That could be interesting. Shaft's never done a Fate show, right? Mm, they might have done an animation for a game, I think, because like that's kind of okay. what they do. But this one is like, going to be this is going to be a TV series. It was actually delayed from spring. It was supposed to come out spring this year, but now it's coming out winter next year. And yeah, I mean, I guess it's good for them. More time to make it better because the trailer already looks really great. So that's uh, I'm looking it up right now. Fate Extra Last Encore. Yeah, I could be down. I could try it. Oh, it's got that and red I think, saber in it. Yeah. And what I think might be really cool is that they're going to actually use the female protagonist, which I thought oh. that was like a really missed opportunity with Grand Order because Grand Order has just the lamest male character that you can get. 
Yeah, that guy is he is uh, just, what's his name? He's on the same level as the main guy from from Fate Stay Night. Oh, just being incredibly no, he's even, lame. Like, he's just even weaker. Like he makes no impact at all. I don't remember his name. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember anything about him. He has no. Per- I definitely remember his servant being extremely moe. Oh my god, she's yeah, like she's uh, oh she, she's like oh this man. like Ray Ayanami ass like girl with hair <sighs> over her face and glasses. Mash is great, you know. Like as the people say, Mash is life. Ugh. Never would I have thought that anime fans would be super into Mash, but you know, sometimes you get well, a weird they like crossover. Ram. Uh, they like the the re-zero rem oh, i was just talking about the tv so show mash <laughs> <laughs> i was trying not to make any noises with my chair in this podcast but now gotcha um yeah she also has a great costume that's got like armor all over except for like the most impractical places to not have it's armor. a battle bikini but it's not quite a battle bikini because it's like she has armor on her sides but not right in the center of her stomach aka exactly where you want to stab her well you know, you know what though grand order has a uh a feature where you can level up your servants by just collecting more cards of them and feeding them to them oh it's and like pokemon wait, actually, go no, that's the one that yeah, that's the one that improve. That's the one that improves the noble phantasm. Actually, so the one that puts more clothes on your character is simply just leveling them up and like just kind so of. So all of your characters start naked. Well, yeah. Well, some characters get less clothes the more you level them up, and I guess that's kind of a plus for some people. So it's reverse kill. Well, I guess in that case, it's just kill a kill. But for the characters who get it's more clothes, it's reverse kill a kill. Yeah, I have one I have one servant that gets more clothes the more she levels up, and I have another character that gets well now she's at a thong and like a, a top at her like second level. So there's I still have two more levels to go. So I don't know. Are they gonna just start putting more clothes? Or because I mean you can't really take out any more clothes. <laughs> You're gonna have some problems with Apple if uh if you start taking off any more clothes on this servant. What servant is that? What's their what oh, that's uh, that's Jack the Ripper, if you can believe it. It's but it's a girl. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, Jack the Ripper is Jackie the Ripper. Jackie, ah, yes, Jackie the Ripper. Yeah. Jackie the Ripper. Are there male characters who lose clothes as you level up? Yeah, I mean, there's well, got to be right because there's like a huge Gilgamesh, female fan right? base for like Gilgamesh and stuff. Archer, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Archer, yeah. Actually, one of the archers, or rather the uh, the archer that you know, the red guy, he starts out as like a. He's got like an assassin version of him. He's like fully clothed. And the more you level him up, like you can actually like see more bits of him. The last one actually shows his face. So that's, you know, an incentive to level up your assassin because you don't know who the heck he is. It's it actually that feels like a weird mistake because, I mean, the best assassin, you'd never see their face, right? Seems like it's a little backwards. (laughs) Yeah. Like the worst assassin would be the one who shows up and kills you. And you're like, oh, it's just Fred. Hi, Fred. (laughs) very disappointed my servant's real name was fred oh yeah yeah but i mean what what fred would that be uh like frederick Douglass, um fred flintstone uh fred flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> famous historical figure fred flintstone like they look at it and they think that writer, it's a, right they think it's like documentation of like actual humans coexisting with dinosaurs and yes david he would be rider because he rides dinosaurs no, he rides the stupid... Well, he doesn't even ride it. He picks up his, his car and That's he just walks, right? <laughs> Rider class Fred Flintstone. That, that is some F-level riding skills, honestly. Oh, that's that's good. Oh, man. Wait, what's F-level? Is that, like, top level in this case? Or you mean oh. actually just, like, bad? Because, no, I thought you were saying, like, he can, he can ride him, himself. That's, like, S-level riding skills, if you ask me. He doesn't even need something to ride. I can just imagine what his noble phantasm is. Uh, is it like a dinosaur? That's all I'm going to. I don't know. Just drown you in fruity pebbles, I guess. (laughs) Drown you in soggy fruity pebbles. You know how gross soggy fruity pebbles are? (laughs) Yes. God, that is... He'd be a caster then, because that stuff's poisonous. (laughs) All right, all right. Um, So, I've been playing... I've been playing Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Oh, boy. How's that going for you? So I was I sort of knew what was up because the game came out and then nobody was talking about it. And I was like, OK, yeah, I don't even I, need to until, read the reviews to know what's going until on today. With this. 
until today, I like I didn't even realize that that thing actually came out. I just imagined yeah. it just got delayed again. Right. But yeah, I, it definitely came out and I was like going to buy it. And then I got busy with other stuff and I didn't get around to it. And my sister gave it to me for Christmas. Uh, thankfully, my sister is aware that I am like a critic at heart. And so when I immediately started going, well, this isn't that great. She was like, no, it's OK. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but basically, it's like it's more Mirror's Edge, That's right? Not a bad thing. That's but... not that bad. But they try to add all this other stuff. It's a kind of fascinating game in a way because it's like take Mirror's Edge and then graft a bunch of modern video game stuff on it so that it's not too simplified. Because, I, right? Because like that was part of the charm of Mirror's Edge. But I guess if you're making a new big budget Mirror's Edge game, you're like. Well, we can't just have it be about running. It's got to have all this other stuff. It sounds like missing the point. Exactly. Yeah, the simplicity was sort of like what made Mirror's Edge so good. Uh, but And I guess the game came out like eight years ago, so there are probably people who aren't super familiar with it at this point. Eight years ago? Are you serious? I, I thought I read that in an article. Uh, I can believe it now that you mentioned no, eight, it. Yeah. Eight might be a little bit much. But yeah, it was definitely... No, yeah, it was probably like 2008, 2009. Yeah. yeah. Like, think about it. Stuff like... I don't know, like assassin's creed is like 10 years old or something at this yeah. point no oh, yeah because it came they came out around the same time i remember that because yeah. they were both parkour type games that came out at the same time and both were really flawed but had cool ideas and then <sighs> assassin's creed got sequels because the main character is a dude and then mirror's edge didn't because the main character is an asian woman <laughs> uh yeah. but like Mirror's Edge was the one that I, I wanted a sequel to more because it was just had like this really cool idea, but then the, it the just needed combat a didn't really refinement. work. Yeah, it needed a little bit of refinement, but it was like just had such a great flow to it. Kind of once you got the hang of it, right? The, I, I loved the like if you compare it to Assassin's Creed, which had the like press the do things button parkour mechanic, right? versus mirror's edge where you're actually making these decisions about like go up or go down or turn here or turn around like you're making sort of in the moment decisions about how to navigate and all that's there they they kept a lot of that same the same mechanics and they work really well but catalyst is an open world game which is not the direction Mm -hmm. i would have taken mirror's edge in (laughs) like the whole point was it had these designed like very clearly designed levels right that were not just like go wherever you want but specifically get to point get from point a to point b right and do it in an efficient way and don't get killed along the way yeah it was linear but it was actually like that required some design work to make it interesting the whole way through right and i mean open worlds also are designed but it's just you have to design for every possible combination like that you run the course forwards and you run it backwards and you run half of it and then go in another direction or something right so it's like it's harder to create those really directed experiences and Additionally, it means that you backtrack a bunch, which means that every like every, you know, obstacle just gets really boring because you're like, I've seen that pipe a million times. Like I jumped it. I jumped over it over and over and over to get to like different places. Right. Yeah. The more you describe it, the more disappointed I feel. Yeah, it's like it's it's weird, though, because it's nice to have more Mirror's Edge, but it just it doesn't feel right for the game. It also has like all these these upgrades, which I'm sort of into just because I like upgrading characters but the first game i don't think had a ton of that i don't remember if there was like progression stuff i don't remember any of that well the whole deal was like you know you don't have no you don't have a heads up display Mm -hmm. or rather i mean you had you had something what did you have in that game did you have like just like a like a targeting reticule and like the uh yeah there's the one little dot in the middle which was only uh because people were getting motion sick from yeah i remember that people were through the motion sickness (laughs) yeah but and the other thing was that things would be highlighted in red, which I thought was like this really elegant uh, m- like mechanic for telling you where to go. And I don't think it w- I don't remember it being explained. It was just sort of like, that's the way the game works. It's, they didn't give some sort of in-universe explanation for it. We didn't need it because yeah. the game flowed well enough when right. there wasn't any combat. Right. So the, the combat they actually made a lot better. You can't use guns anymore because the guns are all ID locked like Metal Gear which nice. uh, I think is pretty, it's good. Like, right. That's a good way of doing it. Just get rid of the guns. That you fits. can't use guns. Uh, and they have like a mechanic where you build up focus as you run. And then that focus kind of is like a, a shield. So if you get hit, it'll like drop your focus down, but won't damage you. And so you can sort of get, start running again to build the focus back up. Mm-hmm. And then the, the combat actually, like it's a little bit frustrating sometimes, but it's actually kind of, kind of good. Uh, cause it's basically 
it's that you're like dodging around people and then you have a light attack and a heavy attack and like your light attack will let you kind of keep moving and build up your focus and the heavy attack will stop you from moving and so your focus can sort of like go down if you use it but it'll do more damage and like i just did a combat scene that it went on a little too long because they just you know the difficulty was just add more enemies but when it worked it was kind of fun because you're just running around like jumping off of things and landing on people to attack them and then you sort of you know escape again run around like it's not really built for you to fight people head on which feels right for the game right like you're you're just trying to run away and then attack them when you get a chance but yeah, it still has like the- i think like the worst the worst possible thing i can think of about mirror's edge is if you just had like a room where it's just enemies coming in and you have to like just stop and fight okay that's the thing it has that in it Ugh. and it's not great but at least that room is built for you to do parkour stuff in. So you're not just fighting them. You are like running around and using the environment to sneak up on them and stuff. I don't know. That kind of sucks. Oh, it still sucks. It, they should not have yeah. like these arena brawls between you and a bunch of enemies. That is that is so dumb. Honestly, like I don't understand how you can get as far as actually getting funding for a Mirror's Edge sequel and not understand what people wanted which is none of that. Yeah, we just wanted a parkour running game. Uh, and, and oh, and it's got like it's an open world game. So it's got all these little missions you do for people. And it's and they're all just like run, hit, take this thing, take this tchotchke to like this point on the map. Uh, and it's a little bit. It's a little, yeah, it's, it's it's like staggering how much they missed the point of what made Mirror such cool. I don't know, but you don't seem to hate it. I'm, I'm still playing it uh for at least a little bit more it's it's pretty short so i figure i'll just finish it but i'm basically skipping all the side missions especially after i played a couple of them and realized that they just made the the time that you have to hit way way too short and i like looked it up and other people were like yeah this is crazy i'm like hitting every single jump perfectly and then i'm one second behind the time that you need to finish not to get like you know gold or like some high level but just to like consider the mission finished (laughs) That's well, for that all the side sucks, missions, then. yeah. Well, that kind so of I just sucks because then the doing only, then the only definitive Mirror's Edge experience remains that one game, which has the really frustrating combat where you have to like pick up people's guns and then just get murdered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it sort of sucks, like because it it does it shouldn't have tried to be this big like AAA video game. It should have just been refined simple mirror's edge but maybe that wouldn't have sold right it wouldn't i mean i I can't imagine this one selling better yeah that that's true um you've been uh you've been reading bakemonogatari what is that the first i I am in fact reading the new bakemonogatari novel this is only volume one of a three volume the three volume release for the original bakemonogatari novel um and for me, it's a bit of a revelation because this is the first uh, Nishio Ishin writing that I've been exposed to in, since uh, the somewhat failed Zarigoto release on Del Rey a few years back. And it is, in many ways, it's pretty straightforward what you've gotten in the original anime series. But there are all these additional details in the novel and what was most revealing to me was just how juvenile some of the exchanges are between the characters and i don't mean this in a bad way but it might be hard to understand why well if i mean it in a good way um i guess one like one example is that like right away uh there's a lot of talk about menstruation that was not in the anime okay so it's like gaoko-chan yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of an ongoing joke to it just kind of like get to know these characters better, and it's really weird because I I think like a joke like this that didn't get into the anime might have uh you might have gotten actually a better picture of the character herself. So the first story that is a part of uh the Bakunatari novel series belongs to Senjogahara Hitagi who actually ends up becoming the protagonist, uh, Koyomi Araragi's girlfriend. However, at first, she is very hostile towards him. And, well, I mean, I guess we'll probably explain Wait, what really? Bakunatari... Wait, really? You're saying 
So in an anime, yeah. this girl is like really hostile toward the main dude, but it turns out that she actually likes him. Only through hard work and effort is what I can say. It's not really like typical and clean cut from point A to point B, but it does get resolved very quickly. However, that's because their initiation just has some some really unconventional ways of making certain character development progress. So what it starts out actually like like if you just seen this thing like in like a synopsis for the TV show, you'd be completely unimpressed because it's, first of all, he pulls the classic girl falling from the sky cliche like in the opening page. Mm. And that's pretty much what sets off this uh, uh, this arc of stories where the guy catches the girl, but then he realizes, wait, she weighs like five pounds. And then you've got the whole... And he's like, I'm I'm definitely looking for thin girls, so this works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's kind of how it works. Well, not, I mean, not, not really. No, Evan, no, of course not. <laughs> so it's really good that the Kizumonogatari novel came out first because that does explain a lot of stuff that's only referenced in in uh in bakamonogatari because first uh initially these these came out in reverse order so bakamonogatari came out first and then kizumonogatari but bakamonogatari is a prequel yeah kizumonogatari is the prequel but you've got all these references to like vampires and incidences that happened in the past that you know i guess it wouldn't have made too much sense or been like really that engrossing in the first uh in the first novel in the way that it was put out in japan so the I guess like the main gimmick for Bakumonogatari is that like it literally translates into like monster story or ghost story or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. So the deal is that this guy has all these encounters with these women or girls or whatever, and they're all uh, like either possessed or being haunted by these apparitions, and they're all kind of like it's like this weird combination of japanese wordplay and actual monsters from japanese mythology so the one that makes this girl weigh five pounds is a crab it's like a crab ghost i don't know if this is a play on words or whatever because uh bakuman otari had the translation at least it, it has some weird stuff where it will include the Japanese names for stuff, but it'll also include uh, like English translations of what it'll be. And I'm pretty sure like maybe 40% of what initiation is trying to go for is actually conveyed. So as far as translation goes, I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of neutral on it. What I'm not neutral on is that there are now like three official ways to spell Senjogahara, which is not <laughs> cool. Like there were there were two ways before, and now there are three. And you could have picked either one, but then there's this. So it's like Senjogarhara, where it's like J Y O in the novel, and then the anime subs have like J O U, and I've also yeah. seen it as like just J O. So I just I can't I can't deal with it. Like just it sets something off in me. But I'm still neutral on it because I'm just infinitely grateful that we do get same more name. It's just three different ways to romanize it. Who cares? I care. I care because <laughs> there's just no right way now. Like I you can't I, handle this like postmodern world of multiple multiple spellings of Senjo Gahara. No, no, no. Because I there read is so, no I truth. So, there's no objective truth. There's I, just you know a series of opinions. I read so closely into Monogatari in general, just everywhere else. And the Y, the J Y O spelling is so uncommon. It's correct, sure, but it it kind of takes me out of the novel too. <laughs> no way. <laughs> like, oh, I can't. Nope, I'm putting this book down. They spelled Senjo Gahara with J Y O. Unacceptable. Honestly, I wanted to make a bigger stink, but I just I know that I'm like the only one that cares about Bakumonogatari in my in like my circle of uh, of mutuals. So I can't really run the poll to figure out who is right and who's wrong. No, there's definitely got to be other people who I'm care. I'm the only one who cares. I know Inaki cares, but he's like, he's my guy. I can like count on him to agree with me for, for whatever. 
Except like, for just... you can't count on him to agree with like which adjective to use to describe us. <laughs> that <laughs> That's is the, the one area of disagreement. That that is the one, and I think I'll leave that open for for debate. Yeah, please send us an email with uh, the adjectives you would use to describe us. Uh, but like, don't don't use normal adjectives you'd use for like actually talking about podcasters it has to be you know along the sort of range of soft and spicy uh, i don't know i want to i kind of want to say like describe us without saying soft or spicy <laughs> like it like it's a challenge like everyone's like well uh they're like smart and funny and soft damn it yeah if you no, keep just saying is, soft by accident this is a quiz to see how committed you are to the Annie gamers podcast brand you have to describe the Annie gamers podcasters in 20 words or less without using the word spicy or soft <laughs> it's a really it's a difficult challenge only true ninja will be able to pull it off so yeah um, i guess uh bakamonatari the novel is very spicy i wouldn't call it soft it's very spicy very very sexy stuff okay so this is our new scale all right so it's a scale of soft to spicy oh no <laughs> so, <laughs> so um where where does it fall you'd say on the soft spicy scale it's very it's very spicy i have a really hard time convincing people to get into it because i know that there yeah. are a lot of obstacles i recently convinced ink because they're white people the and they can't, they can't uh they can't eat spicy food yeah no 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 you can't i have so many softies as friends i can't stand them all right so ink oh man ink is like not ink. prepared he's far too soft I... for uh I think and it could so swing either soft way. Soft isn't bad. A, a soft to spicy scale is not a zero to ten scale of quality. Mm -hmm. It's just a it's it's just a description. It's just an acid or a base. <laughs> That's an acid or base. It's a pH scale. That's all it is. It's it's gonna swing either way, but I, I just know that ink is not gonna feel indifferent at the end, which is important. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a uh, a soft manga I've been. This reading. one's a soft one. It's absolutely soft. So I've been reading the Cardcaptor Sakura manga, and I know, David, you are very into Cardcaptor yeah. Sakura. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched some of the anime and never got back to it because I'm bad at I'm, anime. I'm also bad. I have to admit on record that I didn't finish the anime either. I did finish the manga. <laughs> it's long. It's long. But it's good. It's, it's good. It's, it's good. I want to watch more of it. It's good. I, I want to back to it. I just want to sit down and commit the time to watch it because it's long. Yeah. I did watch that one episode that's directed by the guy who directed The Perfect Insider and has a bunch of weird, like, discontinuities in the, the shots or whatever that I was like, ah, it's him. What's he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Card Cardcaptor Sakura, I mean, it's like, I think people mostly know what it is, right? I mean, it's Magical Girl, it's Clamp. Uh, I'm not a big Magical Girl person. I have not read or watched a lot of them, but... Uh, I do like it a lot. I mean, I always, I always kind of like had like a, a soft spot, <laughs> yeah, for uh, a spicy spot for, uh, for, for clamp. Yeah, no, well, I, don't, I not mean, a spicy. Spot. I would call, I would call the second half of Cardcaptor Sakura is spicy. Really, not the okay. first half. The first it gets spicy. The first half is nice, soft. You know, you, you, uh, what you see is what you get with the first half. The second half, not so much. And actually, I think at the very end, I'm, I would even call it bitter. Leaves a leaves a bitter Wait, taste in my mouth. Don't don't add a, an extra level to this scale. We gotta stay on the soft spicy, <laughs> the I soft spicy like spectrum here. You know where it's like you know like the whole like you know left authoritarian, right authoritarian, <laughs> but it with like it's like curry spiciness levels uh -huh. and taste. Yep. Listen, it's about texture and spice. It's about both of those, but yeah. like on one scale together. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's like I just I mean. Clamp's art is one of my favorite things about their their stuff. Uh, I forget. I've read a couple other things from them here and there. But, I mean, they just do really nice character designs and, like, costume designs and just, like, effects, too. Oh, like, when, they, when it's, like, a panel works. with all these effects. Oh, I read Magic Knight Ray Earth a couple years ago. That's what it was. And also just had, like, really, really beautiful effects and everything. Uh, Honestly, kids and, had it really good when this stuff was coming out. Yeah. this It's, like... It's so rare, honestly. In shoujo, I would say it's pretty rare to have artwork that is that like elaborate and beautiful. Like, there's one of my issues with a lot of shoujo art is that it tends to be so kind of airy and light, and it gets kind of like busy, and it's hard to pick stuff out. It's, it doesn't have a lot of kind of strong outlines and things. Uh, 
But what I I think Clamp really nails is still having this very kind of like um, elaborate style that that is like in keeping with a lot of shoujo manga, but with this like it, it's it's a lot I don't know it's clearer when you read their stuff to me it it feels like easier to pick out stuff in it uh, than it sometimes does in in I don't know like a comparable thing would be like Sailor Moon or something which I also read some of um, but yeah it's like. I mean, this the card cover soccer act. The actual story of it is, at least at the beginning, is not really much to write home about. It's just it's got some kind of likable characters. Uh, I mean, Caro is great. Her little familiar animal familiar guy. But it is just kind of like got to catch them all. Girls trying to get all the all the cards. <laughs> what is it you like about it? Like, like, I, I like it, but I'm but I mean, you're like really into it. So I assume that later when it gets spicier, it starts to like have a little bit more going on narratively yeah you know it's like what it does what it does is it kind of approaches well i don't know it approaches like some forbidden subjects in like a really tasteful way oh it's it's all about uh, like elementary school girls or middle school girls being super into older dudes which is very real yeah in a way fair enough um yeah, you know, like because it's still it's still a kids manga. It approaches this stuff in a way where you you almost kind of want to go against the the lawful order of things in a way. But you, no, but then some it's garden like, of words stuff. Get out of here. But it doesn't work out because that's not how things work. And then things kind of settle. You know, like you know, it like. It recognizes that there are these weird tensions that just you just gotta pull back. <laughs> All right, and, it, and the manga does it in like a really in a really nice way. It still makes you feel sad, and it makes you maybe hate yourself in a little bit for making you feel sad. But you realize this is for the best. You know what I? I you know what I really like? I've been reading, uh, and yet the town moves, and the math teacher in that series uh, is basically like always. You know, it's, he spends a lot of time with the main character of this girl because he's always giving her like remedial math classes. But he's just like, I, I love it because so much of anime like tr- sort of will try to explore this like taboo, you know, student teacher relationship. And in, in that series, he is just uh, like comically trying to avoid any appearance of impropriety. So like <laughs> she'll be like, hey, she'll like run into him in the train station and be like, hey, it's you. And he'll be like, I don't know who you are. Uh, I'm, I'm leaving. Like, like he doesn't even want to have anything to do with her outside of school. <laughs> like there's a there's a scene later in that manga where he like they they find out that like he there was an old student of his who like she gave him a like she confessed to him or something. And then he gave her a piece of paper that had like a math equation that said that students and teachers, you know, that the, when you solve the equation, it showed that students and teachers can't date each other. Like he's this, this completely lame square. Who's just like, well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that I watched the anime for that. Oh yeah. We should, we should, we we should save that. We're probably going to talk about that in another episode. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to watch the anime. I haven't seen it. yeah. Open invitation to talk about uh about the anime. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's one of my favorite like it just finished this year, so it's going on on some of my my lists for best of the year stuff because it's really, really, really good. Um anyway, we should we should keep moving. We've got one more topic before we finish up here. David, the you're playing the Final Fantasy, but not the boys that everybody likes. No, I'm pulling an Evan Minto here. Not only, like, right. I mean, I was on brand with Bakuman Atari, but now I've been like severely off brand because I've bounced from Pokemon into Final Fantasy while completely neglecting Dragon Quest. <laughs> But you're Honestly, playing what? Final Fantasy Nine? I don't hear anybody talking about Nine. Nobody like. talks about Nine, and for no for no good reason because Nine is actually really excellent. So Final Fantasy Nine is the last of the PlayStation 1 generation of Final Fantasy mm-hmm. games. And I'm not so sure why it didn't set the world on fire. Probably probably because it's more of a it's definitely a callback to its roots in a way. 
if you look at it, it definitely looks a lot more like something that you might have seen like if you rebooted Final Fantasy one or two or three. Like there's like this really like traditional fantasy element to it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's really slow paced in the beginning. It there's kind of like this cozy hangout feel to the game, which I really liked. And because it's the final generation of the RPGs that Square Enix or Square Soft at that point was putting out mm-hmm. for the PlayStation, it looks really gorgeous. They had some really tight artistic direction for this game. I mean, I can't really say anything about the human art design because it's got like this really grody kind of like like a really clean cheruby look to everything well really but, but like I'm, I'm not familiar with this game because i'm not a final fantasy person yeah well, like if you just search it like just search for some of the images of like what the characters look like like the humans like i can't really like it doesn't really gel uh, so it's a good thing that actually like over 50 percent of the game is nine oh, human wow. races yeah Oh the wow! Non-human, the non-human races look pretty cool, so I think that kind of probably contributed to why nine isn't like as well regarded as seven or eight. Because seven and eight is all like cool and edgy and like teen saving the world, mm. and this is very this is very diverse. You know, you've got I mean, you've sure you've got humans, but you've also got like like uh like a like a thirty year old. Uh, was he like a general or something? I don't remember what. No, he's like the captain of like the the guards mm. for the for the queen. Right. Uh, you've got uh, how many races are in the in the party? I think that's like, I think there's got to be like over five races that can like like people that represent other races in the game that join your party. And that's is there is is there a character in this game who has a like sleeveless shirt and then has just the um like the wrist kind of cuffs of a shirt but nothing else <laughs> am i looking at this picture right send it to me I, this is this looks like phenomenal it looks so dumb and very final fantasy if i'm looking at it correctly or maybe it's gloves. yeah yeah no that's that's your character oh he okay he's wearing gloves i thought it was just the cuffs honestly the like shirt. he's one of the he's one of the better designed humans in the whole game wait he's got like a cat tail i don't know yeah he's got like here. a cat tail too that's not a human then that's that's a cat boy like well he's he's definitely way more human looking than a sure. lot of other characters in in the in the game yeah honestly the blue guy is also a human so i don't really know what's going on oh like the wizard dude no the not the not the oh. wizard dude the other blue guy this is great radio by the I'm way glad that we did this yeah all right. So I, well, I cool. can't. I can't say too much about the character design, but the environment work is so good. I love it. I love it. I I loved it ever since like the first time I've moving around in the towns and like just the, just even like the initial like just, just the initial stages that kind of like just you know are like distractions to get you into the next town to like just make you feel like you did something. Like everything is just so painterly. Like in a way mm. where it's like it's not cheap to describe things as painterly. Like these actually just look like living paintings that you're walking around in. And wow. I'm just I'm really impressed because this was stuff that was pre-rendered for PlayStation One. And oh, okay. I have the I have the Steam release of it, which was kinda like some of the stuff is pumped up for HD, but right. you've got like the polygon count to worry about on these characters, so they look a little weird. But the environments, oh my god. I it's just it's it's a real testament to the quality and the, the effort that went in when I just I just want to play the game to explore these environments. Like these environments make me feel like these this is the image I had in my head when I saw like, you know, like pre 32 bit games where their environments aren't really super detailed, but I can just imagine what it would have looked like, you know, if you put mm. it out on something like PlayStation or PlayStation 2. So it's also really short and linear, which it, Final Fantasy got a lot of flack for that for 13, but it was already evidenced in 9. And now I'm not so sure if this is just because they want to like design it in a way where it's like, they're not really corridors, but you do feel like you're getting dragged over from point A to point B to point C and onward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wish that it wasn't so in, like just peppered with story everywhere. 
especially with like when it's moving as slowly as this, it could really use a lot just more just like, you know, just throw you out into the map and like let you do something. Like I am more than halfway through and I don't even have my own airship. And I've been waiting this whole time for the game. Like, oh, just boo-hoo, finally first world up. problems. Yeah, I know, right? No, like they, they, it's such a cock tease because they like, they, <laughs> they show you, they like, they show you one airship and they're like, oh, you can't go on this one. This one is for some other thing. And then they show you another airship and then it goes blown up and then they show you another airship. And now it's, no, it's being commandeered by like the, the villain or whatever. I don't know how many airships I'm going to find until I can pilot my own airship. I fought. I fought an airship, and I killed it, and I couldn't take it. Yeah, it's because you killed it, David. Because I was dragged into the, the fight with the airship. airship. The the airship started it. Uh, yeah, listen, the airship had right of way, David. Okay, clearly you're not well versed in airship law. Well, that's the Final Fantasy. We got some questions from yeah. listeners because this time David remembered to tweet about. <laughs> I remembered it. Yeah. We've got a question from at sign Nekara on Twitter. Uh, what's more grading to see in a media piece? Poor casting direction or poor art direction? It seems very general to ask media piece. I think she means like she's trying to say both movies and anime and stuff. Animes and manga and video games. Well, casting direction seems like. Well, are we going to open up casting film. to include stuff like directors and composers and writers and stuff? Mm sure because um, a lot of the stuff that keeps me from watching anything is like if it has a writer or a director that i just do not enjoy like no matter how promising it looks like on the surface if i see that it has a certain name attached to it that just automatically sinks it for me for voices there's not really a single voice yeah, that i don't I, I don't i mean if you're talking about casting like voices i don't care about voice actors that much like it's just not i mean with japanese it's just i don't know the language well enough to like distinguish very well or to you know have much of an opinion i have a little bit more of an opinion about english voice actors uh but i mean even then like acting is just it's not uh, well at least the vocal side of acting is not something i'm like super interested in. i'm interested in like animation and character acting and stuff but uh not necessarily like the yeah i don't know it's just not something i'd pay a ton of attention to so like art direction is way more important to me I'm like I'm like a super things. casual follower, I guess, of certain uh, voice talents. But even then, it's more of like a thing where it's like there's not really a single person that will dissuade me from watching anything. Like on the voice side, it's more of like a, oh well, if you've got this voice actor, I know that I enjoyed this stuff from before. Uh, I might enjoy this as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we got one from at sign J R N Jam Jam, our friend. So he asks, why is David wrong about everything? Our friend, huh? Uh, this is the question that I set out to answer when I started this podcast, and the results are still inconclusive. You've been trying to figure this out for like at least five years. Give it up. Yeah, like since I, since I met you, I was like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Uh, oh, wow. Like within five minutes, I was like, this guy's wrong about everything. I need to hang out with him <laughs> no, and observe no, no, and figure out literally, why. It happened this way. Like five minutes in, like I was talking about Kaon and oh, that's he was true. like, yeah, and I was like, no, he's wrong. Weren't you guys like watching Madoka the first time I walked into your dorm room or something? Madoka was, it was the season when Madoka was airing. I do remember that. Mm, we were watching a lot of stuff, but I do remember. Yeah. Around that time, around the time that Madoka was airing, that's when we kind of we got to know each other in like, <laughs> you know, where, where we stood. Yeah, I feel like this actually does prompt if people are curious and I'm sure some listeners are curious. Basically, like how how David and I met was just like I was in the anime dorm and which we had an anime theme dorm. And you were just like you guys were down the hall mm-hmm. in the anim- in like not in the anime theme dorm, but in the same building. It was and- basically uh, anime dorm in exile. Yeah, it was it was like like they had taken over a couple rooms of this other uh dorm room in college and i basically just walked down the hall and like people had their doors open or you guys were the first ones who had your door open that was the end yeah that was the whole thing i just walked into the first i just walked into into the first room with the door open and then i I forget you guys are like talking about anime or something and then we that that's it and then it was the rest is history as they say yeah (laughs) this podcast would have never happened without well i mean it probably would have still happened it just wouldn't have had you on it been way less good (laughs) it would have been less good 
Um, David's wrong about everything uh, because he's like a media masochist. That's my theory. <laughs> oh, God. I really not hope just I don't a, give you Actually, that not impression. just a media masochist. One time uh, David was at a party with me. I might have told this story on the podcast before. And he uh, he like looked into a cooler of beer and there was a bunch of other beer. And then there was also a Bud Light Lime. And he was like, I have to drink this. And I was like, do you like it? And he's like, no, it's it tastes like piss, but I have to drink it. And I was like, I couldn't figure out why. And you were just saying you had to like save other people from the Bud Light Lime. But I was like, people here like Bud Light Lime. You don't need to save them from it. And you drank it anyway. It's honestly, it's a good, it's a good metaphor for just my approach exactly. uh, in consuming media. <laughs> it's done for the sake of other people. It's not done for my sake. I'm actually a very selfless person here. <laughs> All right. Well, that's why Dave is wrong about everything. He he does it for you, for the love of the people. Um, at sign Lawrence Brenner asks, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about the Fate series? I think that probably the biggest one is it's good. So I actually, I got, I had, I thought about this for a while. Uh, so I, I came down to three points and they all kind of, uh, they, they operate in relation with each other. So my three points are that it's all porn, that the writing is good and that heaven's feel is bad. Okay. So it, it's not all porn, but the writing is definitely bad. Okay. So it's what you're saying. It all ties, it all ties in because heaven's feel is nasu's sloppiest chapter in fate stay night it's also the one with the most porn in it and the porn that nasu writes is kind of horrendous uh it's very there's there's a lot of seafood metaphors in nasu's uh porn writing and it is not sexy it's not spicy and it's yeah i was gonna say i was is it is it spicy or soft or like right down the middle it's soft flaccid uh definitely very soft okay yeah no um it's it's soft like a like a scallop oh god don't go there (laughs) um yeah so i guess that's the biggest misconception because people are very confused as to what fate's day night is it's a visual novel and then after you say it's a visual novel uh they say like well like what order what am i supposed to do and and it's like you can kind of just do whatever you want at this point uh and then when people actually read the visual novel, they're all like, why is there so much cooking? Uh, why oh, is well, there that, that explains fake grand order, first order. Can I take your order? Yeah. Oh, that was great. That I was love that. Tweet today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So not, Nasu is just like, just very sloppy. Uh, he doesn't really have editors. And at this point, Type Moon is a big enough company that they have more, more than one writer. Um but Heaven's Fuel is actually pretty good, I would argue. It's just, it's don't don't expect uh, all of it to be good. And just definitely the porn that Nasty writes is never good. <laughs> so th- those are the biggest misconceptions, I, I believe, of uh, a Fate Stay Night. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion on this because I feel like most people are probably right about Fate, whatever they think about it. Uh, but but I think you're you're probably right there on on some level you know more about it than me and then our friend and former podcast guest at sign elliot page asks how much actual money has david put into fate fate uh, grand order so far all right david admit it how much money take a look at that japanese itunes account surprisingly zero dollars right now no way zero dollars just because i've been insanely lucky with uh with just like the free points that they give you but you put money into like starlight stage or whatever right Okay, yeah, if you ask me how much money go. I spent in Starlight Stage, I'd have to like give like ask you to give me a minute so I can get my receipts for all of the <laughs> hundred all the hundred yen iTunes cards I bought. Oh, okay. Well. So you will get there eventually once you reach like Wait, Starlight no, not Stage 100 levels. Yen, like ten thousand yen. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Buying a hundred yen iTunes card. That sounded those, I was like, they wait a sec. That's like a dollar. <laughs> ten thousand yen. Yeah, that's like a dollar, right? <laughs> All right, that is uh, that's the last question we got on the list here. Thank you guys for asking questions. You can tweet those questions at us uh, on our Twitter account, which is at sign AnnieGamers, one word, no hyphen. Or you can tweet at us. I'm at sign Vamptvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. You can even tweet at me if you really want, uh, at sign QX20XX. Yeah. And uh, yeah, feel free to send those tweets over and just like mark, you know, say like question for the podcast or something if you think of something, you know, between episodes. But also we send out a call for questions the day of the show. 
And you can always email us with longer questions or anonymous questions or whatever at podcast or at confessions of love, maybe. That's right. If you want to just tell us how much you've always been, hey. you've been searching your whole life for two extremely soft, extremely podcast, extremely boys. Uh, that's still an under that's debate, us. though. Tell us how spicy we actually are. Uh, we'll get back to you in February, you know, because like, I guess Valentine's Day is coming up. That's right. That's, that's right. Thing. Yeah. My spicy Valentine. That's me. Yeah. Um, so you can also check out information about the show, anygamers.com slash podcast. We have show notes and comments and pi- pictures of things that we talk about. Uh, yeah, if you want like sort of the context of what we're talking about, go there. And we have another podcast that we've been cross posting called Old Taku No Radio. It shows up in our feed that has Inc, who David mentioned before uh, as the the host. It's him and uh, and Jared, who also writes for Andy Gamers. So check that out if you haven't already listened to it. It's pretty good. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. Please leave us reviews on the first two. Google Music doesn't actually have reviews yet in their platform. But we really, really appreciate you letting people know to check out the show, uh, especially on Stitcher where there are zero reviews last time I checked. And read our writing on anygamers.com where both David and I will be contributing to the 2016 staff picks, which is, you know, listing our favorite anime manga and games of the year as well as i write for otaku usa i think i mentioned last episode but uh go pick up the anime usa special edition which uh should be sold i think i checked actually at barnes and noble i don't think they're selling it in stores but you can buy it online on otakuusamagazine.com i wrote an article about sakuga fandom in their animation fandom that's it unless you got something david i got nothing for you evan all right well until next time stay spicy or soft whichever one whichever one feels right